Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Obviously, you have to look for up-and-coming neighborhoods. That's really important. But the neighborhood cannot be so bad that the people who is looking for that neighborhood don't qualify. Best ever listeners, I want to mention Lima One Capital, and I found out about them through a guest that I was interviewing on the show, and he mentioned how he was scaling his business. He was actually buying 10 single-family homes within one year, and I asked him, how were you able to buy 10 single-family homes, and how were you financing that? He's like, oh, well, I just use an asset-based lender. I was like, who is that? And he told me it's Lima One Capital. I reached out to them afterwards, got to know them, and they are the sponsor of today's episode because they've got some unique lending programs. Uh, One of them is called Rental 30, where, as I mentioned, they're an asset-based lender. So they're lending based on the property's appraised value, as well as they look at the down payment that you're bringing to the table and the cash reserves. Uh, They'll lend up to 75% loan to value. And this is huge. This is huge because... Typically, as a single-family investor, uh, your lending strength is based on your personal income as well as how many properties you have, how many loans you have out. There's no restrictions on portfolio size with their Rental 30 program. Go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Sign up. Learn more about the program. That's lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. They also have a program for fix and flippers. Even if you haven't done a fix and flip, they'll still lend to you. They've been in the business uh, since 2010. So they've been around the block. They know their underwriting guidelines. They're not loosey-goosey, but they do have a very specific uh, criteria um, that helps beginning fix and flippers get their fix and flip projects done as well as experienced fix and flippers they reward you as an experienced fix and flipper and you actually get a lower interest rate and lower origination fee again go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever and some legal stuff i have to say it is lima1 capital llc and the NMLS ID number is 1324403. And their address is 201 East McBee Avenue, Suite 300, Greenville, South Carolina, 29601. Again, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. If you're looking for a fix and flip loan or if you're looking for a buy and hold investment property, and you're trying to finance it and you want it to be asset-based, 
lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, hello, hello. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. It's the show where we cut out the fluffy stuff and we stalk, we stalk? Well, we, perhaps we stalk our best ever guests, but we also talk to our best ever guests and the best ever guests share with us their best advice ever and help you move your real estate investing business forward. With us today, we got Jules Borbley. How are you doing, Jules? Very good. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you so much for being on the show. A little bit about Jules, and then he'll get into it. He is based in New York City, New York, and he focuses only on Manhattan. He is a real estate agent, and for the last five years, he's been an agent, and he works with investors as well as primary owners, but also investors. And last year alone, he sold about $7 million to investors with investment property in the in Manhattan um, and about seven more million to to investors who are just looking to move in. So in total, about 14 million just last year. He's done a lot of rentals as well. You can say hi to him at his company's website, which is uh, his company's Oxford Property Group. And the company website is opgyn.com. You can also click that in show notes page. Jules, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and sure. what you're so focused just, on now? Just one thing. The, the website is opgny, standing for New York, ny.com. Got it. Oxford Property Group, ny.com. Got it. Perfect. So, uh, hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. So, the process of looking for an apartment is, is very different when it comes to your primary residence and, and it's an investment. The first thing that you need to decide as an investor, whether you're looking for a co-op or condo, they are very different in New York. And not sure if you are familiar with it, Joe, or how much you know about it, about the New York market, condos, co-ops, the restrictions they have. Uh, I'm happy to tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. But before you dive into the differences in co-op and condos, I want to learn more about you very quickly, sure. like 30 seconds or something. So uh, what is your focus right now and how did you get to this point? Sure. So I started about five years ago. I started with rentals. That's the easiest thing to do in New York. You can close deals uh, quickly, uh, easy to learn. You can get started and close deals a few days later. So I started with that, just closing rentals on my own. Then I started building a team had five, 10 people, and about three, four years into my career, I was uh, hired as a manager for a company where I managed around 60 brand new agents, and I was also in charge of the entire company of about 200 agents, just helping them, making sure that they know what to do, they are on the right track, they came for, to me for advice. So I overlooked the entire company there, and from there I made the switch to focusing on sales on my own. I am not part of uh, any team at the moment. I work on my own, so I'm in charge of my own time and schedule. You know, I work as much as I want. I take time off and I want. So right now I'm just doing sales, um, about 50-50 between investors and people buying for themselves. And uh, my main focus is Manhattan. I just think that, you know, opening the door is the same, whether you do it for a $200,000 apartment or, or a $2 million apartment. So you might as well do it there. Uh, you have the most return on your investment or time. That's my take on why working in Manhattan. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's why I focus on apartment buildings instead of single family homes, because it takes a lot of effort to close on either one of them. So might as well close on the one with the large dollar amount. So now let's go exactly. back to what you're saying 
with co-ops versus condos. If somebody wants to invest in Manhattan, is that something they need to know how to distinguish between? Yes. So that's the... Usually when investors come to me outside of New York, they are always asking me about co-ops. The reason for that is that co-ops are much cheaper than condos. So they are looking at one-bedroom apartments and they notice that they don't notice, but they see that uh, there are one-bedrooms for $700,000 and similar-sized one-bedrooms for a million dollars. So they are obviously calling me about the $700,000 one. That seems like a good deal. And then I find out that they are an investor, and I pointed out that, oh, but this is a co-op. And you know they are all surprised that, okay, so what does that mean? And what that means is that you're not allowed to sublet your co-op, usually only two out of five years. And you must live there for two years before you can sublet it. And then you sublet it for three years, then you have to move back. So obviously that doesn't work for most investors. They don't want to live there. They want to buy the property. They want to rent it out from day one. So that's the main difference. Co-ops are much more restricted. With co-ops, which is real property, you can sublet it freely from uh, day one without any limitation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So co-ops, you got you to gotta live there. The condos, you don't. Exactly, and that's true for about 90, 95% of co-ops. They have strict policies simply because they want you to live there. They want you to care about the building, care about the apartment, not just buy as an investor and never actually be around to, you know, to watch out for the building or help out. Help me understand the typical background of someone who comes to you as an investor and closes on a deal in Manhattan as an investment property. So what kind of clients uh, yeah. or investors? Yeah. yeah. So the last deal I did for an investor, they were from China. They just had about a half million dollar that they wanted to spend. And um, I found them a condo for about $460,000. There's a lot of people from abroad. They want to basically park their money here. It's not really about the return that they get, whether it's you know 3% or 5% would not make a difference for her, for example, this specific client. She just wanted the money out of her country, park it here. She thinks it's a safe bet, you know, betting in, in Manhattan or in New York City. She knows that she will have this money two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. So that's really the advantage for them. And, and you know, they don't need to worry about the currency or the exchange, whether it's changing or not. Do they typically, in this case, we'll, we'll talk specifics, did, did sure. she visit the property at all uh, she did once yes she saw it once and that was the only time i met her i spoke to her on the phone she told me she has a half million dollar she wants to buy a condo so i told her that half million dollars is not a lot of money in new york um, so i told her that i have one apartment that i think is perfect so she said sure can we see it this afternoon we met up the same day she saw it and she actually made an all cash offer on the spot on this apartment Obviously, things got more complicated later in the process, but uh, uh, basically, she made the offer on the spot, and it was accepted, and, and we closed on that uh, property. And also, in New York, usually, you do a walkthrough on the day of closing. You want to make sure that it looks the same as it was when you originally saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, After the tenant moves out, you want to make sure that the oven is working, the microwave, the fridge, the, the outlets, whatever. She didn't even do that. She didn't look at the apartment. She just didn't care. She just signed the documents and uh, she didn't go back for weeks. To, she didn't take the key for weeks, actually. 
So it's just, <laughs> she just really wanted the apartment. It wasn't about renting it immediately or she just wanted to, you know, put her money, invest her money in something else. How did, she, how, how did she find you? What I do here in New York to get clients, one strategy at least is um, through Zillow and Trulia. From Zillow and Trulia, you can buy zip codes, which means that you can pick a certain area in anywhere in New York pretty much. As I work in Manhattan, I'm more familiar with that. So I basically pick a zip code, let's say 10017, and uh, for a certain amount of money, you become a local expert in that zip code. It means that whoever goes to Zillow.com and they search within this zip code, let's say they search in Tribeca and I pay Zillow to become a local expert in Tribeca, I show up on every single listing on the right side as the local expert. So there's one agent that's actually a listing agent hired by the owner and it says listing agent for them and I'm right below them saying Jules Borbelli, I'm a local expert with a phone number and uh, email address. So this is how I found the Chinese investor, for example. Has that gotten you a good return on the money that you spent as being the local expert? <laughs> That's a good question. Most agents don't like this uh, setup of buying zip code. It's very expensive. Um, how, roughly how much? I spend about $2,500 a month Okay. on, uh, on Zillow at the moment. Uh, what you get in exchange is you get emails from clients asking about a specific property. But the same email is received by the agent that listed the property and two other local experts. So it's four people in total, in mm. most cases, that receive the same email at the exact same time as you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. So this <laughs> is how competitive New York is. So you receive an email, and it can be 11 o'clock at night. You receive an email about a $3 million apartment. <laughs> And you do the math in your head quickly that, okay, that's $90,000 commission potentially. And you immediately call and respond to the email. You run to your laptop, you know, you look up the property so you can answer the question they had. Like they ask, how much is the maintenance? And you have no idea because you have never seen this apartment because I never seen, you know, apartments are sold and rented so fast that you don't have a chance to actually see them or preview them. That just doesn't happen in New York. I would say in 95% of the time I'm showing apartments and that's the first time I'm seeing them. Yeah. It's just happened so fast that uh, I just don't have time to, to go look at it before I show it. Yeah. So yes, you receive that email and you know that you're spending two, $3,000 a month for these emails that you get, let's say 10 of them a month. So because you know that others are receiving it, you really have to like pay attention and just do your best and sell yourself on the spot. Like, if you make that phone call, you know that as I speak to that buyer, I know that other calls are coming in at the same time mm -hmm. that I'm hoping that this buyer will ignore or maybe I'm just, I somehow can convince her that or him that uh, just don't answer the other calls or I'm better and, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's definitely challenging and competitive. That is both challenging yeah. and competitive. It's, it's a it's lot just, of pressure. It's like a feeding frenzy. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a lot of pressure because you know you have to perform to, to make your money back. But again, so a lot of agents hate it in New York City, this, uh, this zip code buying idea. I've been very successful with it. I, re I had clients that you wouldn't believe that they are looking on Zillow, uh, like vice presidents of countries. So it's, uh, it's amazing that people from outside of the city, they don't know that 
it's not as accurate. Zillow and Trulia in, in New York. You most of the listings are not actually on the market. I, I would go as far as saying that most of the listings are not accurate. What country was the vice president from? Uh, South Africa. Wow. And you, you helped the, the VP close something? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, we haven't closed yet, but uh, it's in contract. Huh. So. That's fascinating. That it's, it's fascinating it's, that she contacted me, th contacted me through uh, Trulia. And uh, <laughs> just, I think it's uh, unbelievable that. Uh, I do too. That that is. You think they'd have some super yeah, secret exactly. connection or something? You would think uh, she's the ex-wife president, to be uh, exact. She works for United Nations now. That's why she's in New York. Mm. Who would have thought that one day she would uh, reach out to me, the local expert on Trulia, and say, "Hey, Jules, I'm looking for an apartment for," <laughs> and then I meet up with her, and uh, she buys an apartment. Jules, what's your best advice ever for real estate investors? Obviously, you have to look for up-and-coming neighborhoods. That's really important. But, but the neighborhood cannot be, I don't know if I can say this but to be politically correct, it cannot be so bad that the people who, who's looking for that neighborhood don't qualify. You know, you need to find a balance where you have people making good money, they have good credit score, versus an up-and-coming neighborhood where it's hard to find a good tenant. So you need to make that decision. And for example, you can focus on the second avenue subway line. That's a new subway line um, should be, well, you never know, but uh, it's scheduled for later this year to, to open. So that's something that will add value to a neighborhood. So being close to second avenue is potentially a good investment. The other thing is obviously the apartment. Uh, it's not, especially in New York, it's not really the size of the apartment that really matters. It's about how many bedrooms they have. So there's something we call a convertible apartments, like two bedroom convertible, for example. It means that it has a, it's a one bedroom apartment, but it has a dining area that could be turned into a second bedroom. So those are ideal for investments where you can take a small one bedroom and somehow you turn it into a two bedroom apartment, which even though it could be small bedrooms, it's still a two bedroom. It could still fit two people, two students, uh, roommates, whatever the situation might be. So it's easier to charge $3,000 for a two-bedroom, which is $1,500 each, than, you know, let's say $3,000 for a one-bedroom. Because that one-bedroom is more like a $2,600, $2,700 one-bedroom. So you add a little more value with that. Mm, I love that. That's very, very insightful. And I'm writing down these things as you're talking, and I'll summarize it at the end based on the stuff I've, I've gotten from our conversation. Jules, you ready for the best ever lightning round? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> then then I'm going to say you're not ready, but you have to be ready because we're going to do it anyway. So first, a quick word for our best ever partners. <laughs> do you need more leads for your real estate business? And do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well, Danny Johnson, previous best ever guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, best ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com and that's going to help you well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money-back guarantee for the first 30 days, so no risk involved. Leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page, and that will take you right there. All right, Jules, what's the best ever book you read? The best ever book? Um, I would have to say the last one that I read. It was Frederick Eklund, The Sal. I would have to go with that. Um, I read it in two days. Uh, obviously, he's on Million Dollar New York. He's on a TV. Uh, it's, it's a good read. 
and I think you really see how he looks at the deals, how he handles it, and how, what kind of habits he has. What's and I think he's pretty. It? Uh, it's called The Cell, is the title. The and Cell? his name is Frederick Eklund. And the reason I like him is, um, it's not only that he's on TV, that doesn't make a difference to me, but he's really good at what he does, and he's truly the best agent in New York. Okay, got it. The Cell by Frederick Eklund, E-K-L-U-N-D. I'm with you. Yes. Best ever personal growth experience, and what would you learn from it? It's about trusting people. You just have to be careful. There were times that in order to close a deal, I paid myself let's say a security deposit or or the rent uh, because I knew that on the long run it would I would get that money back and more you have to be careful in trusting people even if it's a $200 application fee that you decide that you're going to pay it yourself for the client don't do it I don't think it's worth it you have to be very careful where you put your money because you might end up in a situation that doesn't benefit you at all. So the lesson is just be careful because if a client is not willing to put up $200 for an application and you want the deal so bad and you decide to pay it, it's not worth it because something's wrong if they don't put up that money, regardless of the whether it's a small amount, larger amount. So just be very careful and always question their intention. That reminds me of the tried and true advice as that landlord should receive if they haven't received it yet, and that is, once you give a mouse a cookie with rent concessions and you let them to pay later and later and later, eventually they're just going to stop paying. And yeah. you have to just, just treat it like a business, just uh, very clear cut, black and white. These are the policies we have in place. We'll yeah. get you hooked up with a nice apartment, nice house, as long as you continue to you know pull your end of the deal and, and pay the rent so that we can continue to afford to have this wonderful house or apartment for you. Yes, exactly. You need to be you need to follow the rules and not make exceptions. An application fee must be paid by the client. A rent has to be paid on a certain date. And if you expect a certain credit score from someone, don't lower it just because they have a story. You know, you have to stick to certain rules. I think it's not worth it to go out of those. Best ever deal you've done? Um by best, it uh, depends how I define best. The most interesting one was uh, a deal I did recently. It was uh, $2.7 million. It was a chassis loft. I love that deal because I learned so much from it. And it took me over a year to, to sell the apartment. I was representing the seller. I had the listing. I couldn't sell it at the price that we had at the time, which was $3.7 million. I couldn't sell it. Another agent came, they promised they would sell it for more. They couldn't sell it. I got the listing back uh, and I ended up selling it for $2.7 million. Um, that was an amazing learning experience. I, I truly enjoyed it. It was very complicated. Um, so it was a lot of headache and stress, but uh, obviously the compensation was uh, according to the headache that I had. So I was, I was happy about that. What's the best ever way you like to give back? best way to give back yeah like the volunteer or something like that um what i do is is more like teaching is uh, the way i give back to the industry i, I help a lot of agents uh, until this day i i have a, a dozen agents from my past when i was a manager they still reach out to me ask for advice so i like to help people i don't hold back any strategy any information anything new i learn i 
I share it with people. So that's uh, what I do. Otherwise, I mean, obviously you can donate, uh, help certain charities, um, give back a certain percentage of your uh, commissions. I think that's a great idea. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Not doing sales earlier. Uh, I did the uh, rentals for too long, I feel. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? The best way to reach me? Yep. Uh, email or phone calls. You want to give out your email and phone number? Uh, yeah, sure. So my email is jules, J-U-L-E-S, at opgny.com. And my cell phone is 646-342-0809. Jules, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your advice and your experiences in one of the highest price, moving and shaking type of metros in the world, New York City, and in particular, Manhattan. I have three takeaways. One is if it's a co-op, you must live there and condos you don't. So condos are the investor-friendly approach. Two is that the local expert in the area for Trulia and Zillow paying that money has been worth it. You're also dealing with higher dollar values. I suspect that if an agent in Boise, Idaho were be to become a local expert via that same Trulia and Zillow, they'd be paying less proportionate to the dollar amounts, I suspect. I'm not sure. I'm uh, sure, yes. Yeah. Um, and perhaps it also has to do with the number of people you're competing against and it's kind of like a bidding process. But again, it's all speculation. And um, the third thing is that in New York, it's not the size of the apartment, but rather the number of bedrooms it has. So look for ways to convert the apartments into more bedrooms. It's really insightful and can help the best ever listeners make some money for anyone investing in the New York City area. That that's certainly holds true for outside of Manhattan as well. And yeah, I lived in New York City for 10 years, so I certainly um, know that could be the case if you have an extra bedroom. If you can stuff a, a, a about a six-foot body into an area and then enclose it in the wall, then that's a bedroom according to New yes, York standards. That and qualifies. Yes, that does okay. qualify. So thank you so much, Jules. I hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Do you need more leads for your real estate business and do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well, Danny Johnson, previous best ever guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, best ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com and that's going to help you, well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money-back guarantee for the first 30 days, so no risk involved. Leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page, and that will take you right there.